Hi guys, Andrew Dowling here, Mitch Kurtz, and thanks for joining us for another episode of the Ultimate Podcast. Make sure to hit like and subscribe to stay up to date with all that we have coming. All things Ultimate? Yeah, that too. Okay. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. My name is Andrew Dowling. With me as always, my co-host, Mitch Kurtz. And if you're enjoying the Altmed podcast, please remember to hit like and subscribe. We've got uh, a, a very exciting guest on our show today, a guy we first met um, a few years ago. Um, he's been doing his thing up in, in Brisbane, but he runs one of the, the big integrative um, pharmacies up in Brisbane. It is the founder of My Life, My Health, Des Harp. Des, welcome to the show. Nice being here. Thank you. Great to have you. We, um, yeah, your pharmacy operation has always been, I guess, of, of interest because I think a lot of people who, um, you know, sort of involved in in medical cannabis, either on the doctor side or, or the patient side, um, might not be familiar with um, the inner workings of, of a pharmacy and how you guys make it all happen. And your pharmacy is a little bit different. So perhaps we might start with, um, you know, how you sort of fell into this space and, and what it is that you're doing up there in, in Brisbane. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've been doing medicinal cannabis now for about four or five years when there was only one product out on the market. And uh, that mainly came about from a friend of mine. She wanted to us to dispense it. And I went, how do we do that? So we have to get all the approvals from Queensland Health and everything else like that. And then it just went from there. Um, we just started getting other scripts. People would contact us because there wasn't too many dispensaries doing it. And it went from there. We've always been a compounding uh, pharmacy, integrative medicine, because I've got my own integrative medicine clinic. Um, but uh, with the medicinal cannabis uh, side of things, it just started growing from there. At one time, I was going to dump it all because it just was it was hard. You'd get a script in for something, you've just ordered it, and you've got to order it again. But over time, that just got easier working in with wholesalers uh, to make things easier on how we could streamline um, that ordering process. Uh, and we've got that streamlined pretty well and, and continually working with uh, wholesalers uh, with trying to streamline that the best way we can because uh, that that does make a big difference to be able to have uh, mm. the authorised prescribers and the stock for their patients ready to go. Uh, it makes a big difference rather than have to give patients a three or five day turnaround to get things in. So that, that that's just all started to snowball. Um, I thought about putting in a uh, robot a few years ago, uh, and it has been in now for probably two to three years. Uh, the, the robot that we have, uh, it's, if anything, too small now. Um, uh, but we're um, trying to optimise that the, uh, the best we can by getting rid of things that don't need to be in the robot, because the robot is a fully Queensland approved uh, S8 uh, holding facility for um, S8 medication, so we can dispense them from there. Uh, so we've got full approval for that and had to jump through a lot of hoops to be able to get that. Um, so that's just made things a lot smoother on how we process all our scripts. Uh, stock levels, we can tell straight away how, many, how much of everything we have uh, from balancing the DD uh, stock every day. Um, it just makes it so much easier uh, to be able to do that. You don't have to actually go into your safe and physically count them. Uh, however, if you want to physically count, you can output them from the robot to double check that it's all correct. But um, the robot is is one of the best things I've put in. Can can you uh, like when you say robot? Obviously, the imagination can run wild, especially for a 
you know, some of the audience that may not fully appreciate what it's like in, in behind the scenes at the pharmacy. Can you actually explain that? Because when, when you say it, I almost feel like there's this Android figure running around grabbing stuff, if that makes sense. Uh, it's not quite like that. It, basically, at the end of the day, it's a large vending machine, really. If you just think of a large vending machine and, you know, some of you getting a uh, chocolate bar or chips out of you, punch in a code and it comes out, very similar to that, but a lot more uh, technical. Uh, basically, Does it have in- legs? No, no legs. <laughs> it sits, but it can't move. Um, it's just got a it's just got a big robotic arm that goes and picks things from shelves. Uh, it knows exactly where it's put it. So when we input it, we just scan it, put it in through a conveyor belt. Uh, we can fit probably about forty items along the conveyor belt, and then the robot goes and puts it all away. It doesn't put it like a normal dispensary. You have A to Z and everything nice and neat like that. It um, I think it stuffs with a few people's minds. Go, how does it know where it is? Once you've scanned the barcode, it just knows where it is in the robot. It knows where, where, so they don't, if there's 20 boxes or something going in, it doesn't tend to put all those 20 boxes together. It puts it where the space is available uh, in the robot. And then when you go to output it, we're from our dispense techs. Once they dispense um, the product, we have a, uh, for an S8 that is, we have a, um, a, a label which has got a barcode on it, the dispense label. We just scan that, put our pin number in. Uh, that makes the robot go and look for the product and then goes and outputs it through our terminal where the pharmacist is standing. Uh, so we don't have to run off to safes and go and look for things. And we know exactly how much stock we've got, where it is, and we can output it at any time. Uh, and uh, basically it just makes the pharmacist stand in one spot, just checking because everything comes to them. Uh, and it's just so much uh, uh, more, more streamlined with regards to that. So yeah, and in, in pharmacy, stock management is the biggest thing in, in S8s because trying to get your DD book to balance every week. That can be hard, but with the robot and our um, our uh, dispensary software that we use for our um, DDs, uh, counting of those, it just makes it so much easier. Um, and then just lowers that stress level so you can concentrate on the main job of just dispensing and, and patient counselling. Yeah, amazing. The, the other, apart from robots, now we do know you have a bit of an integrative bent in the, uh, in the pharmacy there and you've, also, from, from memory, uh, quite a bit around the keto space. I'd love to know how that all um, kind of ties in together when we're, I think you've got both a, a preventative lens and a, and a kind of treatment lens from the inflammation space, if I'm not uh, mistaken. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that and how obviously cannabis yeah, ties in, but, but the other things you well, do as well. On my research, because I do a lot of reading, a lot of research and everything, and basically... Ketones do interact with the cannabinoid system, which is really interesting. They also interact which on the cytokines where the cannabinoid system interacts with as well. So a lot of people, when they go keto and you know they're doing it to, to lose weight, but it's all the health benefits that they get from it that they don't realize what they're setting up in their body with when they're producing ketones and that inflammatory cascade, um, their inflammation just disappears and you get someone a little bit like medicinal cannabis, someone who's shuffling along starts walking better when they're on medicinal cannabis. Keto can do something very similar as well because they're lowering those inflammatory markers. So you combine the two together and just bingo, uh, you've just got it. Um, and how I got into that space, um, always interested in diet programs we had here. We always, we always used to have a low carb one, a HCG one, which, is a, which was a script-based one many years ago. And I guess the keto went into that because I wanted something that wasn't a script based, had a, and at back then there wasn't as much evidence as what there is now, but had more evidence behind it. And, um, and I, there was a podcast come out years ago, the truth about fat. I went, great, here we go. We're going to hear all about it. And it just blew my socks off. I just went, 
what? And then I just went down the rabbit hole and started research. I went, this is real. This is true. Uh, and then I like to get into as many studies as I can, have a look at all the evidence rather than just saying, oh, I heard this on a podca podcast, so it must be true. Um, just went down that rabbit hole. And the last low-carb low conference I went to last year, because they haven't been on for it because of COVID, now all those studies have really started to come out and they're getting the results from it. And the results have come back of what they thought. Um, they've all proved that that basically a low carb, you don't have to keto getting into keto. There is a difference between low carb and keto, but just by reducing those carbs down, make a big difference in, in the uh, inflammatory um, cascade pathways. Uh, but getting into keto, then you're fueling your system with those ketones and that just unlocks the next step. Um, and that's where that's really beneficial, uh, which is what I call more epigenetics, which is our environment and the food that we do. So uh, I'll talk about next the epigenetics impact with medicinal cannabis patients on how important that is because uh, you can have a gene in any gene, doesn't have to be in medicinal cannabis uh, in, in the endocannabinoid system, but with that gene, it all depends if it's switched on or switched off. So you can do that with using you know, pharmaceuticals, using lifestyle factors and that, you can switch genes on and off. Uh, and that's the thing what you want to want to be able to uh, do just because you've got a gene doesn't mean it's it's all over you can still live a, a very uh, a healthy normal life if you're switching it the other way so it's not detrimental to your health and there are ways of uh, of doing it and that's where I'd like to form a different style of medicinal cannabis clinic uh, where you are you, you're, you're taking at least 30 minutes to an hour with every patient and you're talking about their there is such a thing as um, a cannabinoid polymorphisms. I've done mine. I don't think there's too many people in the world that have done it. There's six of them. Uh, and you can actually see what genes and, and some patients that you probably wouldn't put on THC because of um, uh, schizophrenic events, they're bound to have them for sure. Um, if, you have, if you're homozygic for this certain gene, you would probably not put them on it. Um, and you can do all those other lifestyle things as well. But if they're hetero, uh, um, um, as in they got just one of them, then you would proceed slowly at a lower dose uh, to be able to make sure they don't get those schizophrenic events. So that's where we're getting the polymorphisms within the um, endocannabinoid system will be very handy moving forward. But that linked with the cytokine profile. Um, I'll show you something here. This is a cytokine profile. I think I blacked out everything there. Uh, for a patient um, with prostate cancer, look at those inflammatory markers in the red. So what we try and do through lifestyle factors and keto, uh, which is part of lifestyle factors and medicinal cannabis, try and get those markers back into the green zone, which is not only helping their disease state they're coming looking for answers for, but also their overall health and longevity. Um, so you've got the cytokines, uh, you've got the polymorphisms of the actual patients, so their actual genes, epigenetics. So these are all levers that you can use to help make the patient a lot better. And also the genetics of the cultivar, because as we know now, uh, sativa and indica doesn't necessarily mean they're going to behave that way anymore because of the hybridization that they've been doing. It comes down to the genetics of the plant, which then link into the terpene profiles. Just because you've got a, a fat leaf indica uh, doesn't mean it's going to behave that way. Um, so that's, that's where I want to push forward, possibly do a PhD in this area uh, to be able to really be more of an expert in this area, because I think that's overall health of a patient on medicinal cannabis and you know, call me silly, but basically to, we can get people on medicinal cannabis, but we can also get them off it as well because 
it's all about balancing balancing the system. So THC does a certain thing in the body with balancing, bringing down the bad inflammatory markers. CBD helps raise up the good. And we've had a few patients that have actually come off medicinal cannabis as well. Um, you know, it all depends. If you've got back pain, you might have to be on it for a lot longer, but you might still be able to bring down your other inflammatory markers to be able to make that a little bit more, uh, more comfortable for you. Uh, fibromyalgia, other things like that, you may be able to get your cytokine profile a bit more leveled off so you could possibly come down and especially if you're controlling it with diet and lifestyle and other other um epigenetic factors uh with that it's uh, yeah it's i'm used to i'm used to just walking into my pharmacy with a script and then saying thanks and leaving (laughs) (laughs) and and, you know we do a lot of that but that's where i want to get more involved with patients with regards to that um and that does take time and you know i can only talk sometimes over the counter because we're busy concentrating um uh on things to try and try and make sure the things that we're producing are going out correct um but that's where i'm trying to set up the medical rooms with a with a team of doctors where we can actually start looking down uh that area and that area with regards to say mental health endometriosis all the different sort of disease states and we can actually you're just using the levers a little bit differently uh to be able to uh, help out with those areas uh we don't have this up and running yet it's all thought process, I've been researching, going, oh, that's interesting, that's interesting. That's the next step is to bring it all together to write the program uh, and then just get it started, started happening um, because I see the space for, for both styles of medicinal cannabis uh, prescribing. Um, it's just going into a bit more depth with, with the patient. Yes, it'll cost the patient a bit more, but you're going in more depth. It's like anything, it's, it's, it's time for service. You, you spend hours with your solicitor, you're going to get charged for that. Um, you know, you only spend 10 minutes, you'll only get charged for 10 minutes. So, you know, there's different models for that and, and you get different service. Yeah. And ultimately you're sort of, I guess, trying to achieve a homeostasis for, for the patient. And in a way it's, you know, you'll have patients who, and I've spoken to them and they say, yeah, medicinal cannabis is really helping me, but they don't know why. And there's yeah. no um, data sitting behind that, that looks at, okay, well, you're inflammatory markers of, of, you know, of, of change since you've started um, taking a course of, of CBD or, or THC dominant medicine. I suppose one of the things that um, that's just really interesting hearing you, you speak is, is reflecting on, um, you know, I guess, standard Western medicine approaches um, in the context of, of what you're describing. And that's why we love having guests like you on um, AltMed. We, we are obviously exploring alternative medicine, but it's just when you think about how um, in, integral um, cytokine and uh, biomarkers are to one's immune system, we really are talking about you know prevention um, of disease and 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 really helping someone restore um, themselves to a better state of health and through their diet, through eating, treating food as a medicine as well. Um, how do you? kind of square what you're doing or, or what are your reflections on on western medicine approaches and and some of the things that you've observed that that pushed you into the field of integrative medicine and, and looking at it through the lens that you do um well through integrated medicine we do test a lot more biomarkers that tells us gives us a bit more feedback that mixed in with uh, a patient's polymorphisms and when i talk about that the last test i had i think had about 700 polymorphisms like out of that, what's important, what's not, that's up to the clinician to go and have a look at and based on the evidence that's coming through. Uh, some things aren't important, some things are, but it's combining those together. 
Um, look, mainstream medicine, um, I see a lot of patients, they go into their doctor, they never get any blood tests done, they walk out with a script for an anti-something. Uh, what's that based on? Um, I know there's questionnaires and things that they, they actually do, but I like to get to the nitty gritty and have a look at the biochemistry. I've got just over in the corner there, uh, big big um, A3 size um, um, biochemistry. Um, uh, there's, there's 10 or 12 of them double-sided with biochemistry. And that just makes most doctors' eyes blurred or anyway, any, anybody's eyes blurred. But it's, it's, and I don't understand those totally as well myself. There's just so much involved in it. But understanding the biochemistry, what increases something, what decreases something in the body. Um, and not everyone's the same either because of those polymorphisms, because uh, you might have something that is more switched on in someone with a certain polymorphism. So it's learning how we can actually ease back on that accelerator. So it's not going full on into a disease state. Uh, and help easing that easing that out. You know, we're not saying we can we can solve and cure all these things, but it's it's how they progress and the speed at which they progress. I think is important uh, with that and uh, helping people's um, uh, wellness and lifestyle because uh, it's. I don't think it's about you know being on all these six different medications as you get into your seventies and eighties, but you still can't walk and you shuffle around and you. It's being still active, your brain switched on, you can still walk around the block or run or do things when you're 80 or 90. That's what I want to try and do. Um, that's, 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 that's living. That's, that's, that's having a life. Um, well, what role then is, is, I, I suppose just on the diet front, um, how do you, I know you have the, the keto cafe, but the, um, do you see food as a medicine and, and, and I know you've, you've spoken about the keto diet, but what, what do you think, um, you know, people don't eat enough of, or what are they eating too much of that? Um, that too, much, too much sugar, too many carbs. Um, and a lot of people go, I don't add sugar to my, but it's pasta is sugar, bread is sugar, all mm. these potatoes, all these things convert to glucose in the body. So it's, it's just having a look at that and just simply wearing a, um, a glucose monitor, uh, continuous glucose monitor. I've done that many times. And it's quite amazing. The foods you eat, you can see in real time, what it's doing to your blood glucose levels. Um, and so it's, it's watching the foods that actually gives you a high spike uh, of your glucose levels, seeing what response that does to your insulin levels, and then all the other biomarkers and cascades that happen over that. And it's not like, oh, you had something, you spiked your glucose, you're in trouble. It's the regular process of doing that all the time. That's why diabetes, you know, it's coming, it, it might not happen in that first year you start doing something like that, it, it's a long-term thing. It builds up over time. And it's quite funny here, you know, you've got a blood glucose level of, of whatever um, or a HbA1c of a whatever level. But if you're one point over that, now you're considered di diabetic. Um, I think we look at biomarkers where we like to have someone's HbA1c below below five rather than, oh, now you're actually diabetic at, you know, 6.5. Um, so yeah, anywhere between five and 6.5 is an area for concern. And so like, Hey, how do we bring it back down? And we don't need drugs to bring that back down. It's diet that basically brings it back down. Yeah. So do, do you, are there any, you know, obviously anon anonymized anecdotes that you might be able to talk about generally in terms of how, um, kind of medical cannabis or CBD or THC has kind of played into that holistic approach to, to bringing those biomarkers back into homeostasis? Yeah, look, it's like, I just see things and then I go and research it. Then you find some research, not much. And that's where we need more research done in these certain areas. 
just synergies between, and, and just looking back at the endocannabinoid system and keto, how there's a lot of synergies there. And at the last low carb conference, I don't know if I was the only one in the room thinking about these synergies, but I might've been the only one in the room who, you know, has their own medicinal cannabis dispensary and is into integrative health and keto. Um, but I'm sure there are other people who were thinking about that or has some sort of knowledge of it. Um, but the general public um, don't see that. So I just see these links between things, then start going down the rabbit hole, trying to find evidence, try and uh, uh, prove it uh, with regards to that. And we do know that the um, uh, medicinal cannabis definitely has an effect on our cytokine profile, for sure. You know, it, just by taking medicinal cannabis doesn't mean that your zinc levels are going to go up. That's why test your zinc levels. And if they're low, improve your diet, improve your gut function, so you're absorbing more or take a supplement. Any one of those, I don't want to say just take supplements because people will, you know, bang, bang, it, bang it against you. It's all about supplements. But I see a lot of patients, so they, they, if they've got really low zinc levels, they'll never get them up to normal levels with diet alone because generally they've got adrenal issues, stress levels, uh, stress issues. They've got basically their, um, their stomach's not working properly. They've been put on a proton pump inhibitor, which reduces their stomach acid. Inflammation gets worse. They stop absorbing all the nutrients from their food. So if they're set up like that, they just, they just can't absorb what they're supposed to be absorbing. Uh, so it's all about reversing those things back out to try and hopefully get them on their food that they're sustaining their natural biochemistry uh, markers in that rather than being on supplements long-term. Um, but, you know, you've got, to, you've got to have all that in your toolbox to be able to get someone to best health. And so I, I suppose the, um, yeah, the other query I have is just when you, when you have a patient that, you know, comes in for, for medical cannabis, do you, does your clinic, if, if they're a patient of the clinic, do you look at, I suppose, the lifestyle that will sit behind their treatment plan or are you kind of, you know, really just focusing on, on that, that treatment in its, in isolation? The lifestyle thing is, is definitely important. That's why I'm writing into the program moving forward. My integrative doctor that we have at the moment who, who does it, does look at lifestyle and does uh, believe in, in, in low carb um, um, with regards to that. But, you know, I've got, I wrote a whole manual on low carb uh, uh, clinic uh, when we had a, a keto clinic here. And I'm happy to give that free to anyone. They can send me an email after this podcast, send me an email and I'll send them a link to the, um, the book I wrote. I wrote it, I don't know, years ago now, but it still, it still remains um, uh, true. It all works. Uh, and there's more evidence out there to support it all. Um, so happy to give that away uh, free to anyone. It's just a, um, a link that we uh, give people and they can see because it's too big to send uh, by email um uh with that so yeah that's what i'm trying to write over the next few months with the new doctors i've got on board as well to try and come up with an overall um integrative medicinal cannabis clinic i guess is what you would call it um so it's linking the two together it's unlike my other medicinal um integrative clinic where we you know we we focus on gut function we focus on hormones and all those other sort of things it's just taking out those factors that uh, a lot of the biomarkers and things like that that we see for good health and bringing it into medicinal cannabis space um, just to be a, a, rather than just in, out, getting your script for medicinal cannabis and that's it. It's all over about your overall health. And they can say, you know, that's what my GP should be doing and that's what they should be doing. But I see a lot aren't. I send a lot off for testing to get done through their doctor. Either doctors either will do it, won't do it. Um, and then they say they're all fine, but I, I look at optimal levels rather than what's in the brackets. 
um, and that's uh, for best health uh, is what uh, we look at in the, in the medical practice. So what, what's worse out of an anti-inflammatory diet like keto paired with a pro-inflammatory cannabinoid like CBD versus a pro-inflammatory diet, for example, excessive pizza, um, pasta with an anti-inflammatory cannabinoid like THC? Okay, so when you say pro-inflammatory uh, for CBD, because we're basically talking about TH1, TH2 in the pathways of the cytokine, and that's where CBD is pro-inflammatory, pro but of the good cytokines. I call them good, bad, and the ugly. So it'd be different if CBD was raising up the ugly ones. You don't want that to happen. They're raising up the good ones. So if yeah. you're just taking a, a bad Western diet and taking CBD, you're still doing some good to your body from the inflammatory markers. And then we go, oh, I've had some improvement but you will just get a twofold effect if you bring in a low inflammatory diet and CBD into their, um, into, into their um, part of their medicine, um, they'll just get a, a double whammy effect with it. Um, yeah, because CBD I, I, is in anti-inflammatory in, in my understanding. That's uh... you Basically, it is an anti-inflammatory, but it's raising up the good cytokines. It's a bit confusing because there's good, bad, gotcha. and and in that list I showed you, it, 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 it separates them into TH1 and TH2. TH1 uh, is considered the bad ones, but you still need them. Um, just like uh, TH2, you need them, but you don't want you want them to be in balance. You don't is want this, to go, well, it, I've really ramped up my TH2. Great, but you want them to be in balance more than anything. Is this kind of like HDL and LDL? Oh, don't get me down that rabbit hole. Uh, <laughs> we're talking, talking uh, interleukin, well... There's interleukins across both, but... Yeah, inter, in, interleukins. So basically, and they said TH1, interleukin 1, 6, 7, 8, 17, TNF, alpha, A, and B. Um, yep. And then basically you got the TH2s, which are the 2, 4, 5, 10, 12, 13, and um, I, INFG. Um, so basically, they're all your different ones you want to look at. So that's why I want to do a PhD in this area to really go down those and understand what drives them, what makes them go up, what makes them go down in the space of medicinal cannabis, how we can do that with the levers I was talking about before, how we can do that with someone's polymorphisms. I, I think as time goes, that will grow uh, with their polymorphisms um, is, is the, how much how useful that is in someone's therapy. Um, I think it's really useful for someone if you if you put someone, they're homozygic for some again, and all of a sudden they have a schizophrenic uh, effect, that'd be definitely a good thing to be able to see what patients fall into that category. Uh, at the moment, they're way too expensive to do the tests. I'm trying to work with companies to see if we can get the price down. Um, but yeah, it's just bringing, bringing all those sort of things into, into therapy. Yeah. And just to, before we wrap, because I know um, time is of the essence and, and everyone's got a meeting to jump onto next, but just to confirm, it's not sufficient to be eating excessive pizza and pasta and to try and balance that with THC. <laughs> no, no, it is uh, Asking for a friend. I heard, oh, really? that, <laughs> I, I heard that it usually happens the other way, the THC first and then yeah. the pizza. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's really amazing that, um, yeah, that you guys are, 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 I guess, doing a bit more of a deep dive on this because we know when you look at the list that the TJ publishes of, of all of the um, medical conditions for which medicinal cannabis has been approved, um, a lot of them are, autoimmune um, inflammatory diseases that really pick up on these biomarkers that, that you're um, having your patients screen and, and tested for. 
Um, so it's, yeah, I guess a little and bit. And a lot of the chronic pain comes from, you know, inflammation. Absolutely. And, exactly. Um, yeah. So, you know, you guys are, are actually, I think, able to support with a much more scientific and, and data-driven approach, um, which is which is wonderful. Um, and we love the utilization of um, of the technology. I didn't even get to ask if the robot responds to voice commands. I assume it doesn't. No, not not voice voice commands. <laughs> the robot's called Wilma only because we have our dispense system called Fred. And then yeah. we have Bam Bam. Where someone gets clogged in the shoots, we send Bam Bam out <laughs> to clear it. So, That's yeah. so good. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, we um we love what you're doing out there, Des, and we'll be um we'll be up in in Brisbane this year, so we'll um we'll be sure to uh, yeah drop on in yeah we'll we, we can terrace have a little keto espresso and um, say good day to Wilma and yeah come see you as well. Well, dude, no worries, alrighty. All right, thanks All so right. much, Des. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Hey guys, Andrew Dowling here and Mitch Kurtz. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Ultimate Podcast. Make sure to hit like and subscribe because we've got heaps more content coming out and it's really fun and great and we love it all. Also very good. <laughs>